0: Since 2001, New England and its fans have celebrated 12 championships, and we have earned the nickname Titletown. But what about the year after? What happened after the duck boats pulled away from Government Center? What happened after the confetti was swept off of Tremont Street? Here, on this show, we look at every season after a championship where they failed to do so again. It's not going to be easy, but if it were everyone would do it. This is The Championship Hangover. All right, everyone, welcome into the Championship Hangover. This is our first episode, and today we are talking about the 2002 New England Patriots. I am your host, Michael Marcangelo, joined alongside by Rayshon Buchanan and Joe Malkin. And guys, this isn't something that people talk about often, so I'm, I'm really, really excited to do this.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a, a fun one. It, it, you're absolutely right. You know, we did that uh, championship rewrap of the 2001 uh, New England Patriots championship team in super bowl 36 which you can find uh, anywhere you find your podcast just search the snsw podcast um and and that that was so much fun to do i mean we we did geez what two and a half hours on that um but no you're you're absolutely right nobody talks about this nobody talks about the year after um and and this this is going to be a blast
2: it's really easy to talk about the years that you didn't win because you can draw the emotion that you felt like, oh, man, like I didn't think we would do it. Then we did. And you just go you go crazy. But then, you know, how that euphoria comes down after, you know, you lose. So whether it be the year after two years after. But, you know, so, yeah. So it's, it's great that we're bringing this up and, you know, hopefully the listeners uh, love it as much as we do.
1: Yeah, and there's 12, there's 12 teams in the NFL that uh, haven't even had the chance to have a hangover. So I guess this is another privilege of being a New England Patriots fan.
0: Exactly, and I, and I think, Joe, you set the table perfectly, right? Just a, a little bit of a backstory. We all know what happened in 2001, right? Uh, the Patriots completed the most unlikely season by defeating the greatest show on turf, 20-17, as time expired, all with an unproven second-year quarterback in Tom Brady and a desperate head coach uh, in, in Bill Belichick. And again, we all know that, that that night everyone was Patriots and the Patriots were world champions. But then after that, we were, we were back to are the Patriots going to be contenders? No one was counting them in, right? That offseason, if, if you remember, was a pretty notable one. Uh, Drew Bledsoe, Mr. Patriot and the franchise player who had pretty much revived the New England Patriots in their franchise, he was traded to Buffalo after signing a 10-year deal. Along with Terry Glenn. So when you think about those two players, what they had meant to the Patriots, it was a little it's a little crazy to think that now they're just gone.
1: Yeah, and that was the biggest thing with Drew Bledsoe, right? So you, you mentioned what's gonna happen the next year. What are they gonna be able to sustain this? Was just was this a flash in the pan? Because everybody looked at Drew Bledsoe coming into two thousand one. He had just signed a huge contract and he gets Knocked down, knocked out by Mo Lewis. Nobody knew what was going to happen. It, it's kind of a, it was a weird feeling if you think about it. Kind of like a, um, a euphoric, uh, f- fearful time as a, as a fan because you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Drew Bledsoe leaves for the Buffalo Bills, which was a, a very strange trade for the Patriots at the time, right? You're, you're trading him to a, a uh, division rival, a long time rival of the new England Patriots. And uh, I guess it was a lot to dump the contract, but now you have, you know you mentioned that Brady was a second year quarterback in 01 i mean technically 02 was his second year it was his first year where he would start game 1 right and it was his really his second year because his first season in the league he he didn't even dress so i mean that without a doubt has to be the the biggest loss because now we said well oh, okay you know i think it was split half the fans said all right Brady's our guy this is this is what's going to happen uh this is what we're going forward with bill trusts this guy but at the same time it was like whoa like this was kind of the first shakeup and and kind of a transcendent moment for the NFL right i mean so was joe montana being uh shipped off to to Kansas city at the end of his career. Uh, But, but Bledsoe for all intents and purposes was right in the middle of his career. And, uh, and, and this was, this was a big move. I mean, I remember being nervous
2: (laughs) that, you know, Drew went, yeah, that Drew went to Buffalo. I was like, man, like not only did he leave the Patriots, but like I said, he's within the division, like you just mentioned. And I actually thought Buffalo was going to win the division. I was like, Drew's going to come out here (laughs) and just fling it all over the field. and. But even on a deeper level, it's like, okay, if Brady's to get hurt, now who's the guy that's going to be behind him? Who's going to be starting? So there was just a whole bunch of questions that went into that season. Like it was, it was exciting to see something new, but at the same time, it's like, okay, as a fan, you still want that security blanket just in case something happened. Um, you know, so but like, either way, we found out real quick, um, you know, that Brady had the
0: reins, yeah. And again, you know, Drew Bledsoe was Mr. Patriot on a lighter note. <clears throat> Terry Glenn, who was probably the most versatile and electric wide receiver that we had that we had known that we our generation knows up to this point as a Patriot, he doesn't get a Super Bowl ring, and he just he packs it away and goes to Green Bay to join uh, to join uh, Brett Favre and the Packers. So again, you you lose Mr. Patriot, you lose probably the most versatile offensive weapon that you have. Now Bill Belichick is forced to look look to the draft, and I don't know Joe if you remember this this draft class. But not only did he look, he found people that would go on, uh, you know in, in the future to, uh, to contribute very, very highly to the Patriots, but he, he drafts number one, uh, 21st overall pick, Daniel Graham, second round, Dion Branch. Later in the draft, he took uh, Jarvis Green, who was, as Sean can mention, he was he was very, very good on, on the defensive line. And then Mr. Irrelevant for the Patriots that year was David Gibbons. So you lose you, you lose a great receiver. And they they got two. Do you think you know? So take yourself back to your you know your twelve year old self, two thousand and two, right? Bledsoe's gone, Terry Glenn's gone. When you see like Dion Branch and David Gibbons, are you excited at all?
1: Well, it was kind of cool to to think about that. You know, to take myself back to the two thousand two and think about how I I was back then. I mean, I've I've, I've always thought I was a very consistent uh, sports fan even back then um, because I I didn't really have. Uh, I mean, I grew up, you know, at that point being 12, 13 years old, grew up watching Drew Bledsoe, but, you know, having him leave and then seeing Bill surround this young kid who just won you a Super Bowl with some talent. I mean, this this could go, and, and I this is might be the hot take of the entire show, but this might have been one of his best offensive drafts he ever had. Uh, I, I mean, Daniel Graham, Deion Branch and David Gibbons, as you said, Mike, all guys that that uh, contributed on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, then you had you had Jarvis Green, who who very much contributed on the defensive side and added to a defense uh, that was already very good. And f- for for what it's worth, uh, was still Pete Carroll's uh, defense in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, I I don't know if excitement. Uh, because I I've never been one to get excited over a draft because in, in really in my lifetime the Patriots have never drafted the guy right like we've never seen that and we we haven't seen that in the last twenty years that's for sure they've never drafted the guy I mean even Tom Brady you're like oh 199th overall in the sixth round compensatory pick so um yeah I, I mean excitement in the sense that he was trying. Uh, to surround himself. And Terry Glenn was one of those guys. And I, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this more as well. We we may not talk about it more as we go, but Terry Glenn was one of those guys that he was very outspoken. Um, I think he and Bill, I think there was a lot of friction there. He got he was a Parcells guy, and he got along really well with Bill Parcells, and which means he was here during Belichick's first stint um, as a defensive coach with the New England Patriots in the mid '90s, that '95 team. Uh, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think they got along very well, and I think that's part of the reason why he was shipped off to, to uh, Green Bay, and I think that was a good move for him at the time.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, h- hell no. I, w- I wasn't excited about Deion Branch and David Gibbs coming. Well, that's first. what I mean, mean. That's right? what I mean,
1: Ray. Right? Like, you, how can you be excited about these guys coming out of the draft? Like, you don't right. you don't know what you're getting, and you have a second year quarterback effectively. Right.
2: It, it, exactly. So, I mean, you know, to me, even at twelve years old, like I would definitely was a Troy Brown guy because of what happened the year before. You know, with him making you know that touchdown and and. Uh, and ABC championship game, so yeah, I wasn't excited about no rookies coming. I had no idea where they came from. Like, I didn't, I didn't know that Branchick came from Louisville, and I don't, I don't even, I don't even remember what school Gibbons came from. But like you said, he was Mr. Oh no, Notre Dame. It was Notre name I think. But yeah, he he was it was Mr. Irrelevant. So you know, at twelve years old, twenty two years old, forty two years old, like you're not expecting that guy to be, you know, anything to that to a team that's that's contending. So, um, but yeah, but like you said, I mean, Daniel Graham didn't pan out as well as he could have been or should have been. Um, and, that, and, and that's putting it lightly, you know, we're, we're, we're just in case we get you as a guest, we want to be nice. Uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, Branch, you know, and I'm having a decent rookie season. Um, I think he had 43 catches, 489 yards, uh, two touchdowns. So you kind of saw a glimpse of what he was going to be uh, as he, he built that chemistry with Brady. Um, Green was here for about seven to eight years. Um, you know, and, you know, like I said, it wasn't someone that was going to get you 10 sacks a year, but, you know, he was he was someone that, you know, get you three or four a year, you know, and, and play play that four three defense that build like the run, uh, especially at that time with having a big uh, front seven. So, yeah, I mean, that that draft really set up, you know, what you know we will see for years to come. And uh, I, I agree with you, Joe. I, I do think this is probably the best draft that he's had um, really on both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah, I mean, offensively for sure. And so now now we're we're past the draft. We're going into uh, the the end of the preseason. The Patriots are not even favored to to, to not even win the Super Bowl, but to to even make it. Pittsburgh is still the team to beat in the AFC at at this point in time. Little do they know that Oakland was also still pretty good too. Um, But, you know, now Gillette Stadium, the first game in Gillette Stadium. It is the, the, the grand opening. The banner is raised. There's every, there's celebrations going around. It's prime time. It's the Patriots versus uh, the Steelers. And again, the Patriots, I, I'm pretty sure, I, I did my my research, they were a half-point favorite. So at home, they were pretty much an underdog, right? That's what that means. And they blew them out 30 to 14. That game, I think, showed us exactly what what we loved about uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in terms of the offense. And it was a great defensive performance as well. So when again thinking back, first game after the Super Bowl, it's regular season, the banner's up, and they blow out the Steelers. Uh, what do you, What are you guys thinking?
1: I I remember it pretty well. Uh, I remember it pretty well. I mean, I, I, it was. You're kind of coming off of a high, right? And it, you know, and th- th- that's the point. That's the point of this whole show, right here, is the hangover. You're coming off a high. Um, your your team is is not even in the top two to repeat as AFC champions. Um, you know, not not to mention even get there because you're right, Mike. The the, the favorites uh, were the were the Steelers, um, and and I'm pretty sure the. Uh, the Raiders were right there behind him. I mean, because they didn't know what to what to say about New England. I mean, you, you look at and there's a reason for that. I mean, you look at the off season and the trading of Drew Bledsoe, who was on a hundred million dollar contract. The trading of Terry Glenn. Who it it needs to be mentioned too that Terry Glenn only played in four games in two thousand one. So it's not like he was a big contributor to that Super Bowl win. Um, you know, I, I, for a moment, I actually forgot he was even on that team because he only played in four games. He only started in one. So, I mean, but you look at that Pittsburgh game, they come out firing. I used to love that about the NFL too. So here, here's my NFL schedule rant. I, I don't know why they got away from this, but to open the season up with the Super Bowl champs against the team that they played in their uh, conference championship game. I feel like that's the way it should be every year. I really do. I mean that just it just adds so much to that first game, especially if you're going to put it on a Thursday night in prime time. When we know that Thursday night games um, really have not gotten, um, uh, you know the the big, the big games or great games. Granted, go you know go back to 2002. Uh, this game was on on a Monday night, so I mean you could do that too. You know, cap off the week, but anyway, rant over about. NFL scheduling because we all know that that's a cluster anyway so uh, they come out and they beat up on the Steelers and that you're right Mike I mean that was kind of a message sent right away right so I mean we all kind of know what happened in this season uh, and and we'll get there as we progress but I mean just what what a game against the Steelers the, the Steelers aren't expecting it you got Bill Cower. I mean I was going to mention that about the coaches and and why the Patriots weren't favored. I mean, you got, you kidding me? You got, you got Bill Cower uh, as the head coach of the Steelers. You have John Gruden, uh, the head coach of the Raiders. I mean, Cordell Stewart was the quarterback of, of the, the Steelers and that was his heyday. I mean, he was pretty good. I actually think he was underrated for the quarterback that he was. Um, But I mean, (laughs) Man, that team, and I'm looking at it now. That Cordell Stewart, Antoine Randall, Jerome Bettis, Heinz Ward, uh, Plaxico Burris. I mean, they, they, and that's why they were favored to to win the Super Bowl. Because who did the Patriots have? Uh, J.R. Redmond, Tom Brady, uh, David Gibbons, Antoine Smith. I mean, so it's not like we're talking about big-name guys and Bill Belichick, who had been a a relative kind of a failed coach in Cleveland, and, you know, was it a flash in the pan that they won the Super Bowl? Did they just uh, feed off of what was going on in the country and then um, make it happen? I I don't know. I I mean, but at the time, I don't know. Uh, But this this was a good way to start off a season coming off a Super Bowl.
2: Later on, we found out that we usually own Pittsburgh in these moments like Pittsburgh. We actually we faced them quite a few times, I think, at the beginning of the year. But uh, needless to say, yeah, it, it, it was a great way. Like I so, said, you know, obviously, you know, we closed down the dump that was Foxborough Stadium. Uh, you know, even though we had a last great moment there, but we know our stadium was not even though I never went there. But I'm glad I didn't go uh, you know, listen to the it was Gillette. so much fun. Yeah, I'm sure it was fun to watch it, But I might just, <laughs> you know, but I mean, Gillette is Gillette Gillette is Gillette. And, you know, so for them to come into the stadium and I had to think about it, how crazy is that, Mike, that this team came in being a half point favorite at home? Like, it, it, we have to go back to like, you know, we, we've, you know, 18 years later, we you know, it's like, oh, my God, like they half point favorite. Like, there, there's no way. But once again, like you said, Joe, like if you have guys like Bill Coward, that was, you know, that was a hell of a coach. And, you know, how how stacked that Pittsburgh team was. Because people didn't believe in New England Mystique yet, obviously. Um, and I think the, I think Vegas thought it was a fluke, too. They said, you know what? Yeah, they won. Okay. Uh, let's
1: see what they can do in year two. Well, right. And, and to that point, uh, you know, you, you talk about them being half-point favorites at home. We've said it a few times now. Um, that this is kind of where that underdog mentality of the New England Patriots picked up steam. They they used it so much in 01 like, hey, you know what, you just knocked out our dude. Like, uh, Drew Bledsoe was a top quarterback in the NFL, and now this kid, uh, coming from Michigan is going to be our starting quarterback. We're going to see what we can do with him. Um, while you the the Raiders don't respect us. The Steelers don't respect us. The Rams don't respect us. And now the NFL in Vegas don't respect us. All right, here here we go. Let, let's show you what we can do. And they've used that to this day. Um, and they really used it from during Brady's time here in New England. Um, I don't think it works in 2020 as much with Cam Newton and kind of a changing of the guard with Tom Brady gone. I think it was just it was. Uh, nightmare fuel for other teams when it was Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick and playing the underdog card. And people got tired of that for a long time. But this is where th- this Pittsburgh game and this 2002 season is where that mentality really picked up steam.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that in the 2002 season, right? They don't have that aura around them yet. It's still kind of unproven. Brady, yeah, yeah they won a Super Bowl, sure, but like, were they just riding like a, a big wave of, of momentum, like you said? And to open up the season and, and really win with no doubt uh, against uh, against Pittsburgh, followed up with a 44 to seven victory over over the New York Jets, and then the next week after that, you're you're 40- 41-38 in overtime against the Kansas uh, City Chiefs, you're 3-0. You're the defending, reigning uh, NFL, you know, Super Bowl champions, and you're 3-0, and still people, still people out there are are, are casting doubts. So after that 3-0 start, I I know this, I remember this vividly. I was like, they're going to do this again. They're, they're better. They they figured it out. Um, I don't know like, about the rest of you, but after 3-0, like I, I kind of felt like, you know, we're scoring at least 30 points a game. For over 40, twice. This is a good offense. You know, maybe this is going to be another year.
1: So here's another interesting point about this season that, that we need to bring up. Uh, this was an expansion year. This was the year that the Houston Texans came into the league, and we talked about it before we came on. And this was when the divisions went from uh, east, central, west to east, north, south, and west. And uh, that win over the Jets was big. Uh, but it wasn't enough, as we find out at the end of the season, um, because I, I forgot how bad the AFC East was that year. Uh, but that went over the Chiefs. And I have to mention it uh, m- more for Bobby, who's not here with us. Uh, but Priest Holmes ran for 180 yards and two touchdowns. And that came against the New England Patriots on 30 attempts. I mean, the Patriots were beating good teams pittsburgh and not to jump ahead too much on you mike but pittsburgh went on to go 10-5 and one and win the north the jets were nine and seven and end up winning the east um and the kansas city chiefs granted they finished at the bottom of the afc west but they were eight and eight because that division was i mean not bad uh so yeah i i mean it it was it was kind of a fun first three games to to really look at and say, "Hey, all right, now we we've picked up momentum, um, and and we can we can really do something here."
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely thought they had caught fire too, because like I said I was nervous coming into the season, but obviously, even as a kid, like as a fan, like you start to you start to relax a little bit when you see your team get out to that start. Um, you know, we soon we soon found out that it wasn't it wasn't going to stay consistent. But I mean, you start off three, you know. Coming off that off that championship run, you know, really just let me know, like, okay, maybe they are here to stay. Maybe they are, uh, maybe they have found their franchise quarterback, and you know, maybe they are the team of the future. So, but you know, so we, it was a lot of ups and downs, though. But like that that start was great, nevertheless.
0: This is like I think this is the most bipolar Patriots team that we can ever talk about, right? Because they start three zero, and it's it looks like everything is firing on all cylinders, and then they go on to do something that they. Had never done under, under Bill Belichick and have never done since, and lose f- four straight games, but five out of their next seven.
2: Like, you could be you saying, "Look, at you yeah, like, it just sounds crazy." It's like,
0: let me say that again: they lost four games in a row, and they, they weren't. They it wasn't like they were close. Uh, they were close, nitty gritty games. They lost. They put up 14 points against the Chargers, 13 points against the Dolphins. That's going to bite you in the butt. They put up 10 points against uh, Terry Glenn's Green Bay Packers. Then they have a bye week, and they come out of the bye week, and they lose to Denver. I mean, can you think about it now? I mean, We're we're 18 years removed from this now, but just think about this. A four-game losing streak for the Patriots with Tom Brady under Bill Belichick. So now you're sitting at three and four.
1: No way. I and, well, and I just want to point out that after that that week eight loss to the Denver Broncos, uh, it was the only time that season that they were under five hundred. If that's any consolation. Uh, but so th- the year prior, and the one game I key in on here is Sunday, October six, two thousand two, against the Miami Dolphins, which they they were doubled up and lost twenty six to thirteen. Um, this was the second time that Tom Brady had lost in Miami. He was beaten 30 to 10 uh, the year before in the year that they won the Super Bowl. This was when his woes in Miami began, right? They, I mean, he has never, for some reason, he's never been able, he was never really able to win in Miami. It was the only place uh, he couldn't walk in and make something happen. And of course, then he goes to play for Tampa. So, uh, but it, it, it's just, it's it's really interesting to look back at this season and see what they did and and how they did it. You're absolutely right, Mike. I mean, that game is going to bite them in the butt that green Bay Packers team um, was, was, I mean, they were pretty good too. I mean, that was a good team. Um, They, you know, everybody always says, Oh, the Patriots uh, have had easy schedules. I mean, you look back at 2002 and look at their schedule boy. Oh boy. I mean that, that, the whole schedule, up and down um, was, was just uh, tough w- with maybe the exception of, you know, uh, Detroit at the time. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, no, to answer your question. No, I, I didn't think I, you would never have seen that four. I don't think they ever after the 2002 season, was there ever a point that they lost four games in a row with Tom Brady as quarterback?
0: This is the only time ever under Bill Belichick, regardless of who's quarterback, that, that he's ever lost four games in a row uh, as as the coach of the Patriots. So so Ray, you said like you're riding high, like you're taking a deep breath right after three and zero. Now you're three and four.
2: Now now I'm freaking out. <laughs> I'm freaking out. I'm going crazy. I'm 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 pissed off as a kid. I'm like I'm starting to focus on the Celtics. Like <laughs> even even as a year Roller. So you know go go figure. Um, but man, like I'm I'm like yo like. Yeah, you had a chance, bro. Like, you, you're supposed to walk into certain places and say, you know what? We've won. We've been here. Let's impose our will. And that wasn't happening. And, you know, like Joe said, like, that's where the beginning of the Miami was happened, right? So, you know, we talked a little bit about this off, off the air, but Miami and Denver were always two places that Brady just struggled. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know. I said I lived in Miami, so, I mean, I can imagine how the week was coming into that. Maybe they went out to South Beach. Especially that's a young Brady too, so maybe they went out to South Beach, maybe they went to get some some wings like Lil Williams. Who knows? But, um, I can understand why he had trouble in Miami. I, that's all I can say, and I'll leave it at that. Without us getting kicked off. Uh, but yeah, I, I was, <laughs> but yeah, no, I was, I was definitely freaking out going going to New York and I was like, maybe we're not as good as we thought we
1: were. Shout out to Dennis Green, and uh, yeah. So now, now, now I'm in a freakout stage. So maybe here too. This is you know you win those first three games. You're riding high, and then Mike, I think kind of what you're getting at here with this four-game losing streak is oh the hangover is hit. Like it's it's that point where uh, you're you're coming down, and you know whether. You've been out at South Beach uh, having a few drinks before you play the Dolphins or whatever you've been doing. Now you're coming down from that, and and, and things aren't going as well, and that headache's kicking in, and you don't really know what's going to happen. I attribute it to the fact that this was a very young team in 2002. I mean, sure, you had some of the best coaches in football with this team, right? I mean, th- this was the 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 coaching staff that Bill Belichick put together uh in this first run of Super Bowls was just absolutely in- incredible. Um and, and most of them are, are still around. So, um it, it, that kind of says something to to what it was in the early 2000s, but you know, I I looking back on it in in the moment, I'm with Ray, like yeah, man, oh boy. All right, we're we're 3 and 4 you know, there's, there's 11 games left in the, or I'm sorry, nine games left in the season. Um, What, what is this team going to do? How are they going to get out of this hole? You know, they won last year as a, as a 13 year old kid, you're going, they got to go back. And then, you know, as a, a a parent, you know, my dad uh, was basically under the impression of, well, you know, we won it once. That was great who knows this could take forever. We, we may never do this again in my lifetime or your lifetime is basically uh, what he was saying at this point. So, um, you know, a, a tough part of the year, and most teams have it, but I, I'm going to say it was because this team was young. I mean, we looked at that draft. We saw how many guys came in and contributed, um, and we'll talk about it in the next couple of re but we know that this team matures pretty well.
2: I feel like that's a generational thing because, like, my mom was a child of the 60s, and so she knows about the Celtics dominating. She knows about – you know, she wasn't watching hockey, but you know, she knows about Bobby Orr, you know, Phil Esposito, Ray Bork, Cam Neely, um, you know, so she knows about that ever being, you know, uh, dominant far as, you know, they went to a couple of championships in the seventies themselves. Um, but it was just like, look, okay. They got there. Great. You know, and she was like, <laughs> I remember <her> saying like, <laughs> well, we know the rest of us are never going to do X, Y, Z. They ain't did nothing since, you, you know, your grandmother was born. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, you were wrong, mom. You were wrong. You were wrong. Thank and, uh, <laughs> goodness she was wrong.
0: I, I think people, this is the part of the of the podcast where we should remind people that Boston uh, sports fans were historically predispositioned to expect losing.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about that right now too, because, you know, I, I mentioned it on, on the rewrap of like, you, you have to go back to where this started and remember where you came from, because at some point this is all going to go downhill. It happens with every dynasty, right? The Cowboys fell off the, 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 the Steelers never really fall off. The Steelers are always consistent. That, that, that franchise has been consistent since day one, but even they went through a period where they didn't win anything. Right. So, Eventually, it's going to happen again. Looking at this Patriots team in 2020, if you're listening to this, eventually this team is going to be what they were in the late 80s and early 90s. They're not going to succeed. Um, hopefully, that time comes later rather than sooner. But back in 2002, that was the mentality, uh, as Mike and Rayshon have just said. You know, when they went to the Super Bowl after the '95 season. Uh, the Red Sox had had a few really good years. Um, in 2002, the Red Sox were starting to build something themselves. So, uh, you look back at it and our, our friends and family uh, that are a little bit older are saying, well, you know, hang on a second, let's temper our expectations. And us as kids, we, we still weren't even, I'm thinking back on it now. We weren't even in the mindset yet of, okay, we're going to do this every year. Uh, that, That doesn't really happen until later. So at this point in the season, you're like, ah, well, all right, well
0: that that was fun while it lasted. Yeah, Joe, we we were in the mindset like, holy shit, it happened once, like, oh, like, oh my god, like you mentioned, the Red Sox have got had, had some pretty good series. The Patriots had gotten there and lost, and then and then they finally did it, and it's like, okay, they did it, and then we're still Boston sports fans, right? Like, we're they're, they're still going to bring us right to the brink, and then I promise you, this is how we all used to feel. They will find a way in the most dramatic of fashion, to break your heart. And I think, Ray, you're nodding your head. Like, that's that's what you were expecting.
2: Oh, of course, man. And that that's the thing. Like, I mean, well, you know, uh, it's not about the rest of us, but, you know, we brought it up. So it's like, you know, 98, you know, they make the playoffs. They lose to Cleveland, I believe. Um, 99, we get to the ALCS. <laughs> you know, Pedro has that 17. There's they score. They win 17-1 in New York. Um, they lose again to New York. I mean, that New York team was ridiculous, but they lose there. You know they go away in 2000, go away in 2001. They go 93 or 69 in 2002. So like, oh okay, but Grady Little, as we know, did nothing. So it's just like, yeah, like you said, it gets to the brink. You know, you get there, you get closer, you get closer, get closer, and it's like, damn, oh, fall off the cliff, and it's like, damn, it's like, what the hell happened? But you know, um, thankfully that changed. But at that time, that was the thought process of like 95 percent of us.
0: Yep, so we just we, we just go through that four game losing streak, right? And who's waiting for us now? It is Drew Bledsoe and the Buffalo Bills. And I think what what goes, you know, pretty much unmentioned like when when you look back at history, this game in Buffalo was one of Tom Brady's absolute best. He went 22 of 26 for 265 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, quarterback rating of 147.6, and they handily defeated the bills 38 to seven. So now you're like, okay, four and four, you beat the guy, you beat Mr. Patriot, you know, Bledsoe still threw for 200 or for 300 yards, threw for a touchdown. Obviously he threw a pick. That's what, I mean, that's what he, that's what you do when you throw the ball 45 times, but now, now you kind of feel like maybe, maybe they, maybe they even things out. Or did they?
1: Maybe. I mean, they they did even it out, right? At four and four, and I think we all uh, at that time didn't see Buffalo as much of a threat. I think they were kind of going through uh, their decade long hangover after losing four straight Super Bowls. But um, you know, they they were kind of rejuvenated. They finished the season eight and eight. Um, I think it was kind of an expected win. Um, I just don't think we thought that after a bye week and a home loss to Denver. Um, that they would go on the road and lose to Buffalo. I mean, New England's always, you know, at that time, had already created a a pretty good uh, rapport against the Bills. Um, And I, I think Brady, you know, Brady was young. This was the point where he was fired up. Uh, Bill was still his guy, right? It was, it was kind of like big brother, little brother still. And I think he was going up there to show off and he did. Um, and, and he, he made his, his voice heard in Buffalo um, at that point. I mean, I don't think it was necessarily a, uh, Hey, they're going to turn it around and and this, you know, they're going to go uh, 12 and four now and, and they're going to, run the table and go to the super bowl. Uh, I think it was more of a, you know, all right, they're off the snide. They're, they're coming back. They, they beat Buffalo. Um, you know, maybe this is the season isn't lost yet.
0: Yeah. So Ray, I mean, you, you said earlier in the show that you thought that the bills were that they that they could win the division, right? So now you're going in now, the Patriots are going into Buffalo against Bledsoe at, at, uh, at three and four, what's going through your mind uh, d- during that game?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm we back in the game, baby. We back. Because I, I, I thought, I thought that, um, I thought bless when Eric Moles um, was going to tear up not only that division, but I thought they were going to tear up the league. Eric Molds was a pretty good receiver uh, pro bowler, if I'm not mistaken at that time. So I was like, man, they, they, they're going to, they're going to tear it up. So, so we come into their house up in Orchard park and, you know, uh, you know, we, we ripped them apart. So I was like, oh, okay, like, the team was. I thought the team was going to be better than this. We come in here. We're the champs. We're, we're the guys that you know. You know, you went a little WWE earlier. They're reigning. defending. Uh, you know. So I. I just thought that you know we were back on track. But I will say it's the game after that in Chicago at, uh, yeah. in Illinois, uh, at the uh, University of Illinois. That's the game where I said, oh. Now I think we're really going to get back to where it was because now we're getting close to where we were the year before where, you know, all oh, we lost against um, St. Louis, but you felt like, OK, it was like a moral victory. But when when Chicago scored twenty one in the third quarter and then we held them to only three in the fourth quarter and we come back to win thirty three to thirty, I was like, oh, here we go. We're about to run the table. Um, You know, Jim Miller wasn't some guy that was going to beat us. I didn't care about Mike Brown, even though he was a good safety or or Erlacher or R.W. McCordis, whoever was on that team. It didn't matter. Marty Brooker, whoever was on that team. Uh, I was like, here we go. Brady's that guy. Number two was coming. But it didn't happen right then and there.
1: (laughs) That Chicago team was pretty good at the time, and the reason why I don't I I wasn't high on the Bills was because they 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 were the Bills still at the time, and you know I I just looked at Drew Bledsoe's numbers from that year. He played pretty well. He was a Pro Bowl selection that year. Twenty four touchdowns, fifteen interceptions. But you know, was he fully healthy? And and I I think it was just a high that 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 Tom and bill had. And I, I know that Ray and I kind of look at that Buffalo game differently, but we don't look at the Chicago game differently. Um, Cause I, I absolutely agree. I forgot that that was when they were doing the uh, renovations um, to, to soldier field and they were playing at the university of Illinois, which was absolutely hilarious. Um, but you know, when, when we went in there, they, they were, it was, they were having a rough time. I mean, they had won their first two games of the season, uh, they had lost five in a row coming into that game against the Patriots, and it looked like at that point that that's when they were going to try and turn it around, right? they, they it looked like Chicago was going to be able to do something, but uh, it, at the end of the day, that team was not very good. I mean, they finished four and 12 that year, so um, but like Ray Sean said, for them to come back, win that game 33 30, uh, for Brady to have the game that he did, and and really. I think this was the game where Brady showed that he was the guy, that he was a leader uh, and he was going to be able to do what needed to be done uh, in order to win games.
0: So, so then they do, they do that, right? They, 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 they get back to their five and four, they're, they're above 500. And now it's a rematch of the AFC divisional uh, matchup from the year before. It's it's except this time we're going to Oakland and 27, 20, I mean, so now I'm thinking. I, I'm I'm going to tell you right 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 now. I'm thinking we're, we're five and five. You know we we lost four games in a row. We shouldn't. I mean we were great to start, awful in the middle. That defense was allowing on average 140 yards rushing per game. That defense, the same defense that that held the greatest show on turf to 17 points. So I'm thinking, man, like, I I don't know what to do. Like, but a, a win against the Raiders would be great, and then they lose, and now you're back to five and five. They just never, you know. I, th- I think for me, looking back on it, it's easier to say now. But I think at five and five, I was like, you know, this they might just be okay. Maybe they're not great. I don't know how you guys felt.
1: Yeah, this was the point. It's so funny how it, you you think back on your thirteen year old mind and go, "Wow, we started three and zero. It's gonna happen again, right, Ray? Like that's what we said earlier. It's like yes, this this is gonna happen." And then they lose four in a row, and it's kind of like that. That Red Sox revisionist history, where we're like, "Oh, these guys suck." All right, never mind. Like, flash in the pan. It's it's over. Like, th- this is it. And then they beat Buffalo, and it's like, okay, Tom Tom beat his big brother. Like, we're, we're we're getting we're getting there. And then they beat Chicago, who you know they had to come back against again. I, I always. I always hate to say, you know, even an Owen 16 Lions team, it's like, well, they're still an NFL team with NFL players. So you, you still have to give them some ounce of respect. And, and with this bears team, you had to do the same thing. I mean, they they were fighting for their lives this season too. Um, and, and the Patriots just dug it out at the end. And then Mike, I can, as you're mentioning this Raiders game, I'm thinking, you know, man, we beat them in the snow. We're going to get to go back out there and we're going to get to do it to them again. We're going to, we're going to beat them. Um, beat them into the ground like that was so much fun last year their their defense was was bad it it kind of imploded after after even though they were still really good after that loss to oakland at five and five you're right mike that that was the point where i was like all right they still have a chance to limp out of the division into the playoffs uh but it's it's probably not going to be another super bowl winning year uh, especially with a lot with uh, now they had lost to to green bay they had lost to denver lost to oakland so
2: well, I, I actually I actually thought that was going to be the last game they lost that year until they went into the playoffs because I felt like oh this is the same thing as last year they were five and five you know they'll catch you're fire almost and, right yeah well, almost right you know they you know they're going to catch fire and you know I I thought because of what happened the year before like, even as a kid I kind of felt like okay we won at home but to go out to Oakland Woodson, Gannon Jerry Porter Jerry Rice Tim Brown Charlie Garner Roland Williams. Oh no, was it he might have been in St. Louis? But anyways. Um, he, oh, he was like, okay, so um, you know, like we're going back 18 years, but <laughs> um, it's like, man, like I'm not so sure we could win. Like I said it's only lose by seven, I felt the same way that I felt with the Rams getting it before. It's like, oh, okay, like we still hung in there with them. Like, I feel like if we get them at home this time, we'll get them again. So, but like I said, I felt like that was the last game we were gonna lose. Um, they did catch fire for a second, but then of so got it kind of got put out uh, towards the end, but I, I thought we were going to go on. I, I, I still thought the run was coming. I was still confident.
0: I mean, you, you're not wrong, Ray, because after that loss, the Patriots didn't go on to win three in a row. They beat the Vikings 24 17, the Lions 20 to 12, and Drew Bleds from the Buffalo Bills 27 17. So again, right? This is that whirlwind of 2002. People want to say that this wasn't a relevant year. It's pretty relevant because it gave us, we literally saw the 2000 Patriots and the 2001 Patriots all in the same season, right? Now they're eight and five, they, they, they just beat uh, another division. Uh, another d- division team. The Lions were obviously they're not good. The Vikings were good, right? They 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 still were pretty good that year. And now you now you're sitting it back and you're, okay, there's uh there's three game there's three games left the season. You're eight and five. You have been here before. To your point, right now all you need to do is do what Bill Belichick and Tom Brady would go on to do for the uh, for the next eighteen years, and not lose in November or December, right? So now you're feeling you're feeling good again. But this is a manic this is a manic season. You're eight and five now, Ray. Right? So is are you focused less on the Celtics and more on the Patriots again?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely back to the movement at this time. I mean, uh, you know, I was, I'm like okay, cool. Like you know, now I can I can breathe again, so to speak. I can I can watch them come back. And then you know we lose to Tennessee, <laughs> and it's just like you know I feel not like not that's... only
0: lose, not only lose, like
2: yeah twenty twenty it was uh yeah twenty four to seven yeah, our asses scored, looked
0: only... by Steve McNair and the Titans.
2: Right. So they they only they only score in the third quarter. So that's the only points they got in the game. And you know, and I I mean you know hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's like you know I think some of us forget how good that Tennessee team was. So you know. um, you know, Javon, J- Javon, the freak curse, um, you know, Kevin Dyson, my, my guy, Eddie George, I had, I had one of his jerseys growing up. That guy was, a, that guy was a beast coming out of Ohio state. So, uh, you know, yeah, Steve McNair, uh, uh Frank, the tank, why you know, like, so they, they had a really good team and, you know, they, that team went to the Super Bowl that team went to the AFC championship game. against against us, if I'm not mistaken. So McNair ended up being co MVP not that year, but he ended up becoming an MVP. So, you know, it, it, it was disappointing to see that after going on a winter streak where maybe if you just had to win one or two more games after that, you're shooing for the playoffs because the AFC East had been what has always been under New England um, and Tom Brady's reign at that time um, was subpar. So, but it was, it was unfortunate to see that it ended like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, beat Tennessee or New York. And you're in the playoffs, right? You, you win the AFC East because the Jets went on to win the East at nine and seven. Uh, had you beaten Tennessee, you you would have been uh, 10 and six and it would have been a different story. And it it's interesting. We look at this season and I, I look at it through two lenses. I look at it one through the lens of the 13, 14 year old kid that I was looking at it going "Oh man, like these guys won the Super Bowl last year. Like what's going on. And then I look at it from, from my 32 year old self now and go, all right, you won the Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback um, with a a pretty veteran team at at a lot of positions, Um, and – then you go into the next year and and you finish nine and seven, but you've beaten Pittsburgh, you've beaten Kansas City, uh, you split the season with the Jets, who again, I mean, they won the division, so they, they weren't a bad football team at the time. Um, you you sweep the Bills with with Drew Bledsoe there, and like like Ray said, I mean, it probably wasn't expected. So as as myself now, I look back at this season. I don't, I, maybe not in the uh, in the last ten years. Uh, but in the first ten years, if I were thirty-two back in two thousand two, looking at this season, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that, that's pretty good. Uh, that's not bad. It's it, it could have been worse." Um, but again, w- one thing goes a different way, and and they're they're in the playoffs again. And looking back at this team, like Mike said, the defense was uh, okay. Uh, I mean they gave up 417 yards in a 24 to 17 win against Minnesota. Yeah, but that, that no, but that to be to be fair, that off that Minnesota offense was was phenomenal. I understand, but but I mean like they they were Mike said it earlier that they were giving up a lot of, after those first couple games of the season where they only gave up 283 and 200 to the Jets respect to the Steelers and Jets respectively. I mean they they gave up oh, uh, except for one other game they gave up over 300 yards in, in every single game.
0: And 140 uh, and, of those yards were rushing.
1: Yeah, and 140 of those yards were rushing. And towards the end of the season, they were giving up 350-plus um, except for uh, one game, and that was against the Bears, which they won 33-30. So, I mean, the, the defense was deteriorating. Um, one game goes a different way. I mean, they probably don't win the Super Bowl again, but, again, revisionist history. I pff, Wow. This season was actually better – um then it then it looked on the surface when we started this conversation so
0: now, so now now you're now you're home at Gillette right it's snowy you're playing the Dolphins you're down 24-13 after the third quarter and so in my mind I'm like no way like this would be totally a Boston sports team like to just to just to really choke at the end but actually I was wrong what they would what they would go on to do is Tom Brady would lead another fourth quarter comeback to set up a game-winning field goal by Adam Vinatieri in the snow at Gillette. The Patriots uh, beat the Dolphins. They go to 9-7. and seven, But then Green Bay just just lays a freaking goose egg, just an egg on the field, and they lose to the Jets 42-17, and the Patriots out of the playoffs. So, again, for those of you listening at home, you, you may not believe us. This is what we were used to, almost getting there, doing everything in your power to get there, and then something happens at the end, and guess what? you're not going to the playoffs you're going home
1: well the packers had already had already locked up the nfc north right so at that point um they were like you know we we're, we're, th- this was kind of another start of of something new uh at that point in time i don't remember it too much before this but when when a lot of teams would arrest their their dudes in in week 17 so i don't think Favre played in that game i don't think terry glenn played in that game
0: well, Glenn May, Glenn that. May I I don't know if he was a bona fide star in Green Bay. I, I, as from what I remember, uh, He was only little,
1: there for that one year.
0: Yeah, he he was he wasn't that great. He would he should have been great, but then uh, he kind of uh, he suffered around and then went and then wound up in Dallas again in a couple of years. But Glenn was never the same as he was like on like the nineteen ninety seven Patriots.
1: Brett Favre actually did play in that game. He went sixteen of thirty three for one seventy two, and uh, you know who was his backup that year? Doug Peterson. The current head coach of the of the Philadelphia Eagles. Interesting. He went six of eight for forty three yards and a touchdown in that game, uh, with a quarterback rating of one twenty six point six. Probably the best game of his career. Um, but yeah, so I mean, they still played their guys. So let f- forget what I said. Let's go back to what you said, Mike. I mean, the the Packers just laid down in in front of the Jets. I mean, they had won their division already, so they said, "Man, eh, Mike Sherman and his guys, what we're good."
0: It was just such a it was just such a weird moment uh Ray right because Brady uh brings us back. He, the the field goal is good. I remember like I was at my grandmother's house again like celebrating like yes, yes they won, they won, they won. And then I realized and then I realized I'm celebrating a team that isn't going to make the playoffs. Like wh- what were your emotions like uh Rayshon, when you watched that game and then later found out that you've been eliminated from the playoffs?
2: Yeah, so I mean obviously, you know, you had that feeling, you hype, you like let's go you know, just give us a shot, just get there, get to the dance, you know, to, to use a March Madness reference, just get to the dance. Let's just see what we can do. Right. Um, obviously I feel like they were going to be a wild card team because we in seven. you know, we're going to get a buy, but I just felt, okay, great. Like, you know, you get there, just figure it out once you get there. And then obviously seeing that green Bay had won, it was like, wow. Cause I say, you know, to this day, man, like the fact that we were just won that division that year still has me a shock. Um,
1: Chad freaking Pennington.
2: Um, I'll say it one more time. Chad freaking
1: Pennington. Hey, it's who like was my... better, Chad Pennington or Mark Sanchez?
2: no I, I, yeah, on I me. Mean, yeah, I, I actually no, actually no. I'll say that back. No, Chad, Chad Pennington actually was better than Mark Sanchez. I think if you put Pennington on those teams later on that decade that went to the conference championship, they get to the solo Bowl one of those two times with, with Chad Pennington. That I agree team. with that. Um, but you know, it was it was crazy to me because I'm like. They weren't world beaters on offense. I mean, what you got? You know, Lavernius Coles, um, Santana Moss was okay. You know, um, what was Curtis Martin still there at that time? So okay, so Curtis Martin still okay. Great, but it's like, you know, um, I don't know when Corbett was on the team or not, but it's like they weren't. They weren't the same team that went to the AFC Championship game for four years before they lost to Denver. So, um, it was kind of shocking to me that they did. They won. Um, But I mean, like I said, at the end of the day, you you know, you have to, you know, do your job. And we didn't do our job when it
1: mattered most of that season, which is why we were on outside looking in. Not to make this the the Jets hour for, but uh, looking at that roster. <laughs> That's a pretty good team to go nine and seven. I mean, Curtis Martin ran, ran for uh 1,094 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh Wayne Corbett had 51 catches for 691 yards and nine touchdowns that season. So kind of kind of a bit of a surprise. I mean, they had Lavernius Cole, Santana Moss, Curtis Martin, uh, Lamont Jordan. Is that is that the team
2: that beat um is that the team that beat the Colts like 41 to like
1: that is that the same team? in that season. I can't
2: yeah, either, either that season or yeah, in the it was playoffs. forty-one to nothing
1: in the playoffs. That's in right, the playoffs. Yeah, 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 it was, I was a wild like, card round.
2: Yeah, I, I, I mean, and oh god, I, I, and then I, then I was like, oh, <laughs> like maybe, maybe, uh, I was like, uh, they deserve to be. We tell us, like, damn, I'm like forty-one nothing to Peyton Manning. I was, I said, oh lord, I, I said that, I said that's woof.
1: You play to win the game. Peyton Manning is what, what probably my favorite of all time. I, I really like Peyton Manning. But looking back on him, like that was the kind of guy he was in the playoffs a lot of the time until that 06 season. Um, but, again, not to make it about the Colts or, or the Jets, but this is what's so much fun about this uh, This and the rewrap, Mike, is looking back at these teams and <laughs> looking at this Jets team, how oh, they should have been so much better than 9-7. and seven. They should have beat the Patriots twice. Like The Patriots should have been 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, and and been packing it up. And uh, but then uh, it's so it's so great looking back at these games, kind of our heyday uh, as young fans and seeing these names. And, you know, I mean, the, this Jets team that was so good, uh, Pittsburgh, it, it, Oakland, and you look back and say, wow, man, did, did we belong there? And at the time, the answer was probably no. I mean, you look at our roster, and you know, Ray, Ray said it earlier. You know, and, and I did too. I mean, I wasn't excited uh, about the. the I, wow, well, I just really sounded like Stephen A. Smith. I got to channel that, bring that back. Uh, I wasn't excited uh, about the draft, uh, but looking at these rosters and looking at these, you know, that 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 thirty to fourteen win and forty four to seven win against the Jets and, and Steelers to open up that season. I mean. That, that was when they were still feeling it. And then it started to wear off in, in that Kansas City game. Not to go back and recap the season again, but that's where it started to wear off, that 41-38 against Kansas City. And then it slowed down. And then, like Ray said, you get to the Bears game, and it's like, all right, we're going to pick this back up. Um, and then an Oakland team that really, I mean, lost by seven, but probably could have argued that they should have run all over us. Um, and then we beat two – I mean, Minnesota, yes, was very good offensively as Ray said but then you roll over a Lions team that wasn't great and um I mean I don't I don't think the Patriots belonged necessarily in the Super Bowl squeaking into the playoffs may have been a different conversation though
0: you know now we've come to the conclusion that the Patriots they finished that season nine and seven they did not make the playoffs they're they ranked 10th in the league on offense 17th in the league on defense which is which is uh, just it's mind-boggling when you think about everyone that was on that defense, right? You still had Ty Law. You still had Lawyer Malloy. You still had Richard Seymour, Teddy Bruschi, Ted Johnson, Mike Vrabel. I mean, everyone that held the glue together in 2001. Richard Seymour. Yeah, you also – in this season, right, there were so many moments when you you rallied behind them. They they got into dogfights, and they came out the other side victorious. They came back from being down 24-13. But at the end – You're left thinking, okay, maybe they are a nine and seventeen. Maybe the eleven and five thing last year was like was a fluke because, you know, as we're heading into the sunset of this, after the season, Bill Belichick is twenty eight and twenty three, including the playoffs, uh, as a as a head coach of the Patriots. That's mediocre.
1: What's interesting about looking back at that time, right? Like to look at this defense look at the names that are on it, you know, on paper, this team should have been better than nine and seven with that defense. The offense was young, but that defense was, was veteran. Um, And that maybe they should have been better. I I still look at these other teams in the division and in the, in the conference and say, well, man, like those, those teams were really good Uh, and to have beaten a few of them is good. Um, But, you know, I, I look, I look back at it and say that 28 and 23 for Belichick uh, to this point in his career as the New England Patriots coach, we'll take it because in years past prior to Parcells, uh, which was less than 10 years before uh, this point in time, because Parcells was a, uh, a craft hire and craft didn't buy the team until 1994. So uh, 28 and 23 mediocre by today's standards. um, But I'm, we all know that I'm the one that's like, who's the next guy to go? Who's the next coach to go? Um, at that point, I, there would be no reason he's 28 and 23 and he has a Super Bowl in three seasons. Um, and generally I feel like you got to give, especially a, an NFL head coach um, a lot of times, unless the, the locker room atmosphere is really bad uh, a la uh, Bill O'Brien in Houston. You, um, you got to give a head coach at least 3 years and Belichick was 5 games over 500 with a Super Bowl victory.
0: So so Ray, right? 3 seasons in, you met you go 5 and 11 year 1, miss the playoffs. Obviously we know what happened in 2001, 11 and 5, they win the Super Bowl, right? Now you're 9 and 7, miss the playoffs again. What do you think about Bill Belichick? What do you think about the the, the new Patriots regime, you know, after the 2002 season?
2: Yeah, I, I have to say, like, at, at the end of the season, I felt like 2001 was a fluke. Um, you know, as we mentioned earlier in the show, like, Boston for so long had been a team that almost got it done. And, yes, we had got it done in 2001, but to have that sustained level of greatness just felt so surreal and just so out of reach, right? Um, now, later on, subsequently, we find out that that does happen. But at that at that moment, it's just like, man, like, okay you know, I can't go, I can't keep going up and down with this roller coaster. but you know, hindsight is 2020 and the same breath to go five and 11, your first year to flip that around and go 11 and five the next year. And then you go nine to seven, you know, now I could look at it as, as someone who was 30 and say, okay, they was an the upward trend, but even then I felt like, man, this is kind of inconsistent. I wouldn't have been shocked if he had got let go. Um, but then I also, I also felt like this team is not going to get, they're not going to sustain that level. Unless some guys that were just uh, drafted, uh,
1: you know, take it up a notch and man, man the day ever. So, oh, but we finally had back to back winning seasons, right? I mean, I don't, I don't think you can look at Belichick after the two thousand two season and call for his job. And not, not that that's necessarily what either one of you were doing, but I think we we talked about it when we did the the rewrap of the two thousand one season, where people were calling for his job after two thousand, um, which was probably warranted. And I think that was also because we had seen an unceremonious uh, split of the Patriots with Parcells, Um, you know, Pete Carroll came in, and we all know he's a different dude, but he gets things done in Seattle, he got things done at USC after he left here. and then and then Belichick comes in and he's unproven. Nobody knows what he's going to do. He really didn't have much of much respect of of this fan base, not to mention uh, other teams. So after two thousand would have been the year to go, but now you're telling me that the New England Patriots, after decades of of just floundering and and flopping around and and not being able to put anything. I mean, we had some really good players here uh, in the years before uh, Parcells and and or since before Kraft bought the team and Parcells came in as the head coach. But I mean, we had something to build off of now. Like we had something exciting to look at, like even nine and seven for this town at that time, um, you know, now it, it would be unthinkable, right? I mean, what, what, what happens if this 2020 team goes nine and seven? I mean, everybody's going to just attribute it to 2020, but it, it's, it's, it's what i've been saying for years since since brady uh got a little bit older but but back then damn, I'm a second-year quarterback, uh, a young tight end, two young receivers, and um, a, a lot of promise with a with a very good veteran defense that, yeah, I had some injuries and fell off towards the back end of that season in 2002, but no, nah, man, we got so much to look forward to. Nine and seven, uh, I've said it like five times already, but nine and seven, back-to-back winning seasons after a crappy 2000 season and a Super Bowl ring. Belichick wasn't going anywhere. Uh, and i didn't want them to and and i just uh, now as a, as as a 30 year old I, I look back at it and say yeah, some of these teams were pretty good and we probably didn't deserve to be there
0: yeah i mean i am just thinking you know so like my dad and my uncle were huge patriot fans right so they I, they told me like there was a, there was one year in every decade that the patriots showed up there was 76 85 1996 and i was like okay well maybe 2001 they 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 showed up and they won it so we we'll, we'll just our, our high got a little higher this time. Maybe we'll just have to wait another ten years. And after after two thousand and two, I'm thinking, you know, again, like a Boston sports fan. Well, at least we did it. At least they did it once. Like I, I saw them do it. It's great. But little, I mean, this is going to be towards the segue for the two thousand and three uh, championship rerun. But little did we know that this was this season could actually be uh, pointed to as where the greatness was 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 really cemented. The things that happened in this year led them to an off season that we will talk about in future episodes that, that defined the Patriots in 2003 and 2004. Um, So guys like any parting words uh, uh, for the 2002 New England Patriots,
1: a disappointing season as a kid who had just watched your team win a Super bowl. I think uh, as a, as a teenager who grew up watching this team lose all the time and, uh, and this was just exciting. Uh, Had been at the Super Bowl, and you're like, it's going to happen all the time. But then you kind of have your expectations tempered by uh, the guy you go to games with every year, every week. And he's like, hey, man, I've been doing this for 42 years. Like, don't get used to this because this may not happen. Well, you know, I I know that, you know, Ray's mom said the same thing. And we probably heard it from, again, an uncle, a a father, a a grandfather of, you know, hey, this is Boston. Like, you know, uh, but this is also where we became. Boston, or at least started to, and we started playing that underdog uh, role and, and rolled with it, and, and it's it's paid off.
2: Yeah, I mean, ab- absolutely. I mean, like I said, I, I had that moment of disappointment too. Like I, said, I felt that oh one was a fluke afterwards, but you know, uh, luckily it didn't stay there and it stayed in I mediocre, mean, so to speak. Like twenty eight and twenty three was the lowest that ever <laughs> it ever was going to look for, for Bill and. You know, it was you know, thankfully Robert Kraft and you know, and the rest of the ownership trusted in what what Bill was building. He trusted what Pioli was doing, um, and just what the coaches have overall wanted to do uh, for the division. So, uh, I'm I'm glad it did, that it didn't stop there, and you know, I'm I'm thankful that players on that team contributed to winning going forward. So, um, you can't you can't have the you can't have the greatness without the you know, without the lumps. So, you know, we'll just leave it at that.
1: I forgot Scott Pioli was the GM of that team. I really liked Scott Pioli. I, and I I think I think Bill did, too. And it was time for him to move on when he did a few years after this. Uh, but, man, he, he was so good at putting these teams together and keeping them together.
0: Absolutely. So guys, thank you so much for, for joining uh, for joining me here tonight. Thank you all for listening. That will do it for this edition of the, of the Championship Hangover. Uh, for Rayshawn Buchanan, Joe Malkin, my name is Michael Marcangelo. Stay tuned for the next Championship Hangover when we discuss the 2005 Boston Red Sox. But until then, we'll talk to you guys later.
1: Tricast.